the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you ever wanted something that belonged to someone else so badly that you were willing to commit any overtly evil act to acquire it? Scripture tells us the prophet Nathan had to confront King David about David's coveting another man's wife. Listen in today as Pastor Draper continues the series on the Ten Commandments. He will be speaking from the subject, Thou Shalt Not Covet. Commandment number 10, found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, and it reads, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Repeat after me. You shall not covet. Amen. You shall not covet. There's a spiritual disease that is sweeping across the nations of this world. As a matter of fact, this particular disease, it has no respect of person, no respect of age, no respect of race, doesn't care about your economic status either. It rips families apart, causes spiritual Christians to become carnal Christians. It turns friends into enemies, causes church attenders to drop or turn churches that were once hot for God, lukewarm or even cold. It turns joy into depression, peace into confusion, and faithfulness into self-centeredness. What makes this particular disease so deadly is that it is so subtle in contaminating its unsuspecting prey. And once you're fully possessed by this particular disease, it, it takes you far from God. It takes you far from God's plan for your life, far from God's purpose for, for your life, as well as far from God's divine will for your life. Today, as God's messenger, I preach from God's medicine book, the Bible, which contains a list of spiritual Diseases yet to be discovered by the Centers of Disease Control. I somberly announce to you today that we have a severe outbreak of covetousness. What is covetousness? In the Hebrew and Greek, it is to desire. It is to desire. It, it is to take pleasure in. It is to delight in. To desire, to take pleasure in, to delight in. It is a strong longing for. A strong longing for. It is to lust, I love this one, this definition. It is to lust or crave excessively after the possessions of others. It is to lust and crave excessively after the possessions of others. 
It's an attitude that says, I must have the object of my desire or I am absolutely miserable if I don't get the object of my desire. A spirit of covetousness grows out of a lack of satisfaction with God. If God doesn't satisfy you, you will have cheap substitutes to fill that void. This last commandment is unlike the previous nine because while the first nine deal with actions, this tenth commandment deals with the hidden attitudes of the heart, which is the root of every sin against one's neighbor as well as against God himself. Now, the origin of this particular sin, the sin of covetousness, began in heaven when Lucifer desired to exalt his throne above the throne of God to be like the Most High, which subsequently resulted in his fall from heaven along with a third of the angelic host. The spirit of covetousness started in heaven and then even in the Garden of Eden with the dawning of humanity in creation. You have Adam and Eve. They desired and partook of the forbidden tree, disobeying God's clear instructions, which subsequently resulted in sin, broken fellowship with God, and eventually expulsion, putting out from the garden. Francis Xavier claimed to have heard thousands of confessions, but never one on covetousness. This is strange, given the pervasiveness of covetousness, says Francis Xavier. Leonard Wright declared covetousness to be the root of all evil, the ground of all vice. Robert South says covetousness is both the beginning and the end of the devil's alphabet. The first vice in corrupt nature that moves and the last which dies. Beloved, God says that we should have no other gods before him. And when we desire the possessions of others or take what God has forbidden, we worship the God of covetousness. Turn with us to Colossians chapter 3 verses 6 through uh, verses 5 through 6. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. If you don't have a Bible, set with, uh, move over, scoot over. Someone share your Bible so that all can see what God's divine inspired word says. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Therefore, mortify, uh, put to death your members which are on earth. Put to death what? Fornication, uh, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and what's the next word? Covetousness. Which is what? Idolatry. Amen. When you put your desires over what God desires for you, then you worship the God of covetousness. What types of things does Satan desire us to covet? To crave excessively after, to long for, to, to be miserable until we get what we want. Well, he wants you to, to crave after that bottle, the alcohol, the can, to, to the point that you become an alcoholic, drugs, to the point that you're sticking yourself and you're snorting the stuff, money to the fact, to the point that you can't get enough of it and you live for more and more and more. Craving more sex, more television. Some of you go to bed by it and wake up with it. You can't do without it. 
Others is sports and entertainment. Others of you is gambling. You catch every boat you can get. Some of you is smoking. The nicotine has gotten you and you desired even though you're coughing. You desired even though your lungs have become black. You desired even though you can't breathe. Cancer sticks. Some of you is cars. You worship it. Some of you is homes. You love it so you can't leave it to worship God. Others of you is popularity, it's position. You seek power. Others of you is ascertained trying to desire is desiring a certain lifestyle. For some, it's the same sex. They pursue, they live in pursuit of same sex. I know what they are. The Episcopal Church is condoning gay pastor and leadership, but that doesn't make it right. Amen. Have y'all been seeing that lately? And you got to understand, you say, well, we're not Episcopal. But, but you are saying the world doesn't make distinction. The mere fact that you have Episcopal church, the world lumps us all together. You do know that, don't you? And then the world say, well, you know, if you got it in your own church, what, what, what's your problem? And uh, then, you have, then you got those who desire the opposite sex. That, that, that woman, that I got to have that man. And there's that man, man, I'm not satisfied till I get her. I want her. And I lust after her and I desire her. And you say you love her when you really don't love her. You just after something for a quick fix. The others is tattoos. I can't be satisfied till I mark my body. You get one. Now you want two. You want one on the arm. Now you got on the left arm. Now it's on the buttocks. Now it's on the navel. Now it's on the forehead. It's all over you. You can't see your skin anymore. Covetousness. Those of you is body piercing. You've gone from piercing your ears to piercing your nose to piercing your tongue to piercing your foot to piercing your navel. Neighbor, how much more body piercing are you going to desire? How much is enough? Others of you, you crave excessively after, after certain appearances. If I can just make my body look like hers, or make my body look like his. And you're doing all kinds of stuff. Because you're not satisfied with yourself. And the reason you're not satisfied with yourself is because you're not satisfied with God. If you're not satisfied with God, you're not going to be satisfied with you. And you're not realizing that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you can go on and on and on with the spirit of covetousness. Say covet. Say it again. A little bit louder. When is the last time you said that word other than last week when I told you to say it? Isn't it strange that we have to take the dust off of this word and revisit it because many of you have been diseased and now you need to be inoculated. You've been had and you don't even know it. It is not the desiring of something that is wrong, but desiring it at the expense of others or from a selfish motive or envy or to desire something that is in direct violation of the Word of God. Greetings and welcome to the Maranatha Bible Church broadcast ministry with Pastor Randall Draper. We are excited about you joining us today as Pastor Draper continues the message, Thou Shalt Not Covet. What are the dangers of coveting the possessions of others? What are the dangers of coveting Desiring, craving, thirsting excessively, longing for the things of this world, being miserable until you get what you want 
only discover you didn't need it anyhow. Number one, unholy desires produce unholy actions, which results in a chastening from God. Unholy desires produce unholy actions. You desire wrong stuff, you do wrong things, which results in a chastening from God. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. Just jot it down and read it on your own quiet time. Number two, covetousness goes beyond admiring something, someone else's possession. It goes beyond simply admiring someone else's possession or thinking, you ever seen, I like to have one of those. You ever saw something that nice and you like to have it, but then you come to your senses and say, you know what? I better go on about my business. A coveting includes envying or resenting the fact that others have what you don't and you're miserable. The destructive power of covetousness will destroy your attitude of gratitude for what you do have. You're looking at what you don't have and think and to the point that you can't rejoice in the Lord for what he has blessed you with. How many of you know you blessed? How many of you know you got far more than you deserve? And how many of you know if God don't give you another thing, you already, you already have more than you deserve? How many of you know that you are blessed, abundantly blessed of the Lord? Did you see those pictures up there? Did you just see those, those pictures up there? Did you see those naked babies? Did you see those condition? I mean, we ought to have a whole lot of supplies coming in here. Amen? That's our school over there, the bearer of our name. We have a worldwide ministry, a global ministry. Listen, you're not living in that condition, so what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You got more than you ever had. You can do more than you ever done. You're going places you've never gone. You're dressing in ways you never dressed. And you're walking around here mad because you don't have this. Shut up and get your act together. Covetousness leads to death and destruction. It leads to death and destruction. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, David covets and lays with Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. And in verses 15 through 21, he premeditates the death of Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba. The tragic consequences of David's sins for desiring her, he coveted her. Saw her bathing on the rooftop and desired her, knowing that she was the wife of Uriah. But he said, forget that. I want her and I'm miserable till I have her. I can have other woman, but I want her. I want her. I want her. And he got her and he went down, down, down. Let me tell you something. Sin brings you down. Sin brings you down and sin never works out. It never works out. Satan showed David the front end but didn't show him the back end. He showed him the fresh meat but it didn't show him the consequences. Everything that glitters isn't gold. What were the consequences of David's sin? Number one, he was exposed by God through the prophet Nathan. In 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 9, he was exposed by God through the prophet Nathan. Listen, God does not have blinders on. He sees and hears everything. And if you realize the fact that he sees and hears, it'll keep you from doing a whole lot of stuff. Some of y'all think God stopped looking, but he does not stop looking. He neither slumbers nor he goes to sleep. Nor does he do those things. Number two, the sword never departed from his house. Second Samuel 12, 10, 8. 
In other words, trouble never left his house. David could not say, this too shall pass. That's bad when trouble come and won't go away. Now that's bad. Another consequence of David's sin was the death of David's baby. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 18 through 19, the death of David's baby. His baby died because of sin. And it gets worse than that because of the sin of covetousness and land with another man's wife. Incest between his children, Amnon and Tamar. 2 Samuel 13, 7 through 14, incest. Now, it's one thing when your child mess around outside of the house, but then when they mess with brothers and sisters in the house, that's taking sin to another level. And the trouble compounded itself. And David had a broken heart. Another consequence is that Absalom coveted and stole the heart of the people, then chased his own daddy from his own throne in 2 Samuel 15. His own son desired his throne. And David had to flee for his own life because of, listen, David coveted another man's wife. And Absalom coveted his own daddy's throne. Let me tell you something. You will reap what you sow. Be sure your sins will find you out. What goes around, come around. You may get by, but you won't get away. So stop slipping and hanky-picking all around here. Straighten up and walk right. The covetousness leads to destruction and heartbreak in First King and death in First Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 23. Jot it down. First King 21, verses 1 through 23. Ahab covets Naboth's vineyard and pouts when Naboth refuses to sell it. Jezebel, his old wicked wife, schemed. You know, nobody's name Jezebel. You ever heard anybody's name Jezebel? I haven't met a person yet. I haven't even heard a dog named Jezebel. Never, never. That shows you how bad she was. Now you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all. Nobody's named Jezebel. Jezebel schemes and premeditates the murder of Naboth and gives Ahab Naboth's vineyard. Death was the consequence of Jezebel's wickedness. For in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 23, it says, And concerning Jezebel, the Lord spoke, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dogs shall eat you. What a judgment. You did that to my servant. Ahab could have had, I mean, he owned all the land around. But this little vineyard right next to him of this little man, I want that, I want that, I want that. Wouldn't even eat because he wanted that little vineyard that the man wouldn't give up because that was his inheritance. Miss Jezebel said, what's wrong with you, man? You king around here. You, he said, I want that vineyard and he won't give it to me. I want that vineyard. I eat until I get that vineyard. She said, I'll fix that. Well, she's conspired and got two wicked rascals and, and lied on him, had him killed. He said, now here the vineyard, go on, get yourself together and go and eat. And God showed up through Elijah and said, you know the dog's going to eat you. 
The dog's going to eat you for what you have done. That's a horrible thing. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 20 through 27. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 20 through 27. Gehazi. Gehazi. I wish we had time to read all of these, but I don't want you holding your finger up, finger up tipping out on me, so I, I'll move on. Amen. You know how you do when you think the preacher preached too long. So can you read on your quiet time? I wish I could read all of these and give insights, but for time's sake, I can't do that right now. Read 2 Kings 5, 20 through 27. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, received the leprosy of Naaman because of his greed and covetousness. Covetousness. That's a wonderful account there. Let me tell you something. Those who are covetous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Those who are covetous will not inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor, nor what? Covetous, there it is, underline it, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now look, y'all stop talking about all these up. You say, well, I'm not a homosexual. I, I'm not a fornicator. I'm not sleeping around with everybody. I don't worship idols. I'm not messing around with somebody that's not my wife or husband. But are you covetous? That is, is it in that group? Huh? Is it in that group? Talk to me. Say, say yes if it is. You're not saying it like, is it in your Bible? Is it in your Bible? Nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, swindlers and embezzlers and all of them will inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, God has said, I want you satisfied with me. The Lord says, anything else is a cheap substitute. I want you satisfied with me. Well, pastor, you told us what we ought not be desiring. Are there things that we ought to desire? As we seek first the kingdom, what does God desire us to covet? You know, there's some good things we ought to covet too. What does God desire us to covet? There are some good things we ought to covet. Well, number one, fellowship with the saints. Fellowship with the saints. You ought to desire fellowship with the saints. It's good when brothers and sisters can get together in Christian love. Amen? You know why I love coming to church? Because I get a chance to see you. I get a chance to hug you. I get a chance to shake your hand. Matter of fact, you ought not be so in a rush that you leave out of here a mad dash to your car to go eat your pot roast and you haven't shaken ten hands. You ought to make it a policy. I'll not leave the house of God until I've shaken ten hands. Somebody need a handshake. Somebody need a word of encouragement. Somebody just need to be loved on. But I'm so quick to get in my car to make a mad dash to do something, to go home and do what? Some of you are not even here on Wednesdays. You're not going to be here till next Sunday. And then on Sundays, you're rushing out of here to do your thing. What you hurrying up to go do? If you have a problem with church now, what you going to do when you get to heaven? Fellowshipping with the saints. Something about the church folk getting together. Amen. Talking about the Lord together. Waving our hands and praising God together. 
shouting together, getting happy in the Lord together, praying together. There's power in collectiveness as we corporately worship to the glory of God. What else are we ought to cover? We ought to cover witnessing. Witnessing. It's almost a thousand folk here. You heard the report. And in the street ministry yesterday, it was seven of us in a hundred plus degree heat. I was telling some of those, Sean was my partner. We were together. We had a good time. Seven of us. Where were you? How many of you heard that announcement last week? Raise your hand if you heard the announcement. Don't lie in God's house now if you were here. Amen. Some of you are scared to raise your hand. Now you're lying like you ain't heard it. You heard it? Where were you? When you're saved and know you've been saved and you got a passion for God, you're disturbed to know that somebody else is going to hell. It was hot out there, but what motivated me is that hell is hotter. Hell is hotter. I ain't even want no water. I don't, so don't tell me I need to drink water. I know I need to drink water. But you know what? Sometimes I make myself go that hour without even drinking water. You say, you're going to have a heat stroke, man. Son. I know that, but just leave me alone. Because when, when one goes to hell, there is no water. I ain't talking about for an hour. I'm talking about for eternity. Think about that now. So get off my back about water. You go to hell, it ain't no water. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in to Malls. Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.